This is Dan Lebitard. Catch me and Stugatz every weekday from 10 to 1, now on your FM dial. It's the Dan Lebitard Show, weekdays 10 to 1 on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Races powered by the Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid-Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio on ESPN Richmond. It's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn. What do you say now? Good morning, everybody. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us on Off to the Races. It's been a good week little bit of forward movement in Virginia and a lot of forward movement in Maryland. Welcome back, Maryland. Leading off our show is the return of Racing to Laurel today, 1 o'clock post time. We'll talk to Tim Keefe of the Maryland Horsemen a little bit later in the show to hear their responses and their procedures. They've gone through a lot of trials and tribulation to get racing back in Maryland, and it returns today. Welcome back. In Virginia, we have a little bit of news about the meet at Colonial Downs. We've been anticipating it for some time that the meet would be altered in some sort of form, and we'll have Frank Petromalo on board. He is the executive director with the Virginia HBPA. He'll give us an update. You can hear it from him about what might happen with the meet at Colonial Downs. There will be a little bit of tweaking of moving ahead. From Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky, Darren Rogers will join us in about the 10.30-ish time slot to talk about two big stakes races today and the return of racing at Churchill Downs. And, of course, picking those races will be Derby Bill in our final segment as we pick the ponies, a feature, a regular feature on Off to the Races. Let's go back to last week, though. It was the first points race in probably two or three months with the Matt win at Churchill Downs. Their return to racing came the day before. They had their first stakes race last week at Churchill Downs. Under showery conditions, the Matt win, a $150,000 stakes race, mile and a 16th for three-year-olds, a 50-point race, drew a field of 10 that included the return of Maxfield, a favorite who found himself in a little bit of trouble at the top of the stretch. Let's hear Travis Stone bring him home in the Matt Wynn Stakes. New York traffic's in front. Maxfield is making progress. Here comes Maxfield rallying boldly down the center of the track. New York traffic wanders outside. Pneumatic digs in. Maxfield continues to close. New York traffic and Maxfield. Pneumatic is down inside. Maxfield is thinking derby. Wins by a length running down New York traffic. A big return for Maxfield, who was recuperating after an ankle injury. He certainly is benefiting from the uh, COVID layoff as Maxfield, who would not have had a prayer of making the Kentucky Derby should have, it have been run in May, now stands in a great spot to move into the Kentucky Derby field for the first Saturday in September. With a win, Maxfield now has 60 points. Uh, trainer Brandon Walsh uh, gave uh, jockey Jose Ortiz a leg up, and um, he gets a win by length, finishing the course in 143.05 for Godolphin, and Maxfield emerges to fill a void that was created this week when Bob Baffert's Nadal, as good as a week as it's been here in the Mid-Atlantic, Baffert did not have a good week at all. Uh, first, with the cataclysmic uh, 
scratch from the derby. Uh, Nadal will be fine. He's going to enjoy a successful stallion career, I'm sure. But uh, Nadal has been retired from racing. He stood atop of the Kentucky Derby point standing and um, with 150 points, leaving Baffert with only two horses in the top 10 of the standings now instead of the three that he enjoyed last week. Baffert is also dealing with a testing positive uh, for one of his horses at one one of the divisions of the Arkansas Derby. Uh, that would be, it's believed to be Charlatan um, who may have tested positive. They are doing a retest with the split sample. Actually, uh, former uh, Virginia Racing um, Executive Racing Commission Executive Director Bernie Heddle is handling that matter. Bernie, of course, was here at, in Virginia for about two or three years, um, oh, about seven or eight years back. But uh, he is handling the uh, situation there with a, a positive test. Baffert has run into a little bit of this before, but um, this does seem to be a, more on the minor side when it comes to uh, a positive. The horse tested uh, for a legal substance, which is lidocaine, um, according to various sources, which is an allowed substance, but not allowed 72 hours before a race. So uh, hopefully everything works out there for Baffert with Charlatan. And of course, he still has Authentic, which has 60 uh, has 60 points toward the Derby standings tied there with Maxfield. So just kind of going through the Derby as we see it now, three months out, or is Tis the Law would move into the first spot, Barkley Tag um, with 122 points, Barkley Tag the trainer there with Manuel Frankel likely to be the rider. Wells Bayou, Brad Cox's uh, talented three-year-old with 104, then Charlatan, then King Galermo, Ete Indian, uh, with 74 modernist New York traffic who you heard in the race call there finishing second now has 70 points and then Maxfield and authentic so that that's how that sets up for the moment and wanted to also uh, do another race recap with coin collector uh, the coin collector stakes at Charlestown on Saturday night it was Ferris Allen's birthday and he had quite a celebration after hearing this call of the coin collector. Right Dawn has gone from last to first and takes off on the lead. He opens up by three. Hypothesis left reeling back in second. And Bright Dawn levels out under J.D. Acosta. And he destroys this field in the coin collector. He won it by three and a half. And there was Ferris Allen enjoying a birthday celebration, I'm sure, with Bright Dawn. Only a field of six, but he came from fairly far back. Uh, Bright Dawn was the favorite in the race, paying only $4 for the win. But congratulations to Burning Daylight Farms and happy birthday, Ferris Allen, uh, for the win with Bright Dawn in the Coin Collector last Saturday night at Charlestown. Wanted to pull in maybe one more race call here as uh, at Churchill Downs late yesterday. This was uh, kind of a, a wasn't a stakes race, but it had all the appearances of a stakes race with that hundred. Um, how much was a purse here? Eighty-eight thousand five furlongs on the turf and. The field of 10 going to the gate here with a bit of a long shot. A horse that ran at Colonial Downs winning the DeHaw Stakes. And that is extravagant kid uh, in the field here. Let's hear the call of that race from Churchill, Churchill yesterday. For the top of the stretch, well able comes away with the lead, turning for home in front. Bulletin to the attack, Heritari wide trip, three wide trying to come on. Leinster's in behind, needs to find a way out. Extravagant kid trying to get on track. Then it's Wilbo, one for long to go. Well able is still in front. Extravagant kid to the attack. An extravagant kid runs down. Well able Leinster's up into second, but extravagant kid is the winner. A length and a half in the end. We just talked about Ferris Allen winning the coin collector at Charlestown. He's been a leading trainer at Colonial Downs perennially. Uh, also, David Ross has also been a leading owner at Colonial Downs, winning the owner title multiple times. His ownership group, Dars Incorporated, gets the win there with Extravagant Kid, a successful winner of the DeHaas 
followed up his win in the Haas with two wins on the Gulfstream dirt. Uh, had a little bit of a setback on the turf, but now the seven-year-old appears to be back. And a nice winner there, $15.80 for those connections. Want to bring in Frank Petromalo now to the show. He is the executive director of the Virginia HPA. And uh, Frank, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing well on this beautiful Saturday morning. We were happy last week to see racing return across the country. We didn't care if it was in the rain and the snow and the gale or whatever. But today we're actually going to see sunny skies through across the country, California, Kentucky, and uh, just a great day of racing. Want to talk a little bit about racing here in Virginia. A uh, couple of news items that surfaced this week uh, with the possibility, early as it is, that Colonials meet originally set for July 23rd uh, and running Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's a proposal because in all likelihood the race will be run without spectators to move the meet to a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, an early week time schedule, if you will, in order to attract handle. And uh, it's a formula that has been very successful for Colonial in the past during some of the gold, what we call the golden era between 2005 and 2008 when, uh, when Colonial did run on Mondays and basically was the only track up with a signal during that time. Uh, give us, can, can you provide a little bit of an update on, on where this stands and, and how it works? Uh, yes. Uh, early, earlier this year, the Racing Commission uh, approved the joint request by Colonial and, and the Horsemen for Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday racing, uh, and that would have been from July 23rd through uh, August 29th. But then when we saw um, everybody else uh, coming back uh, racing without spectators on, on weekends, uh, we thought it might make more sense to uh, shift our racing to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. For example, uh, Monmouth is coming back and they're work- racing weekends. Saratoga doesn't run on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, and we thought it would uh, give us an advantage with regard to our selling our, our export signal. So we've been in discussions with, uh, with the racetrack management, and, and we're in agreement on that. We have not yet formally proposed the change to the uh, Virginia Racing Commission. Uh, I expect we'll probably do that within the next uh, within the next uh, week or two, and we would hope that the Racing Commission approves. Now, if they did that, instead of starting on July 23rd, I think we would start on July 27th. Is that a Thursday? That that's a Monday. That yes. A, yeah, that that's a Monday. Yeah, that's that's how it would work. And also well, remember. We will have a uh, a late afternoon post. I think our post is going to be five thirty, and of course we've got uh, lights on on the turf course and most of our racing is on the turf. So we should uh, we should be in a nice uh, simulcast uh, market because uh, basically that's the uh, that's the main source of our revenue during the uh, race meet because there there won't be any fans on track or fans at the off-track betting parlors to uh, to bet on the colonial signal. The I uh, want to talk a little bit about perhaps the race purses. Uh, we saw across the country, there's so many states now that have supplemental gaming as part of their purse structure. Certainly the case up in Maryland with the with the casinos, and we see it here in Virginia with, with uh, historic horse racing being a big part of what generates purses in Virginia. That's been put on hold of since mid-March when COVID-19 struck the nation, uh, the purse structure is going to be affected as well. Yes, that's that's correct, Nick. Uh, last year we ran, uh, we we averaged about five hundred, a little more than five hundred thousand dollars a day. Uh, this year it'll probably be uh, around three hundred thousand. The the cut, uh, as, as you as you noted. Uh, results from the fact that uh, the HHR machine operation of Colonial, which uh, is in four locations, the racetrack and then three off-track betting parlors, uh, has been shut down. So that uh, that impacts our, our purse account. About 50% of our purse account comes from uh, HHR uh, 
revenue. The other uh, the other fifty percent comes from uh, the off track betting parlors as well as uh, online wagering. So now with uh, the HHR operation shut down and the off track betting shut down, our only source of revenue is uh, online wagering through TVG, ExpressBet, Twinspires, etc. So we've had to cut down on our uh, our purses. This week, the governor gave you some good news. Initially, I thought it was a little bit lacking, but the more I thought about it, I think the more I liked it. Uh, some of the steeplechase events have gotten the green light to proceed. They're one-day events. Uh, uh, the Gold Cup, the Middleburg races have an opportunity to move forward. Colonial was not included in this, which I first I thought was a, a bit of a setback. But the more I think about it, the Colonials meet the governor can still do that and 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 obviously allow the meet to move forward and he's probably uh, just kicking the can down the road not in a negative way just give you know he doesn't have to make the decision now um and he can use a decision you know with the facts that are in front of him a month from now and he'll be far more informed um you know talk to us a little bit about the middleburg races the gold cup and just you know what you anticipate uh happening with uh, with colonial downs this fall well, the, uh, the Middleburg Spring Races uh, will be on Saturday, June 13th, and the Virginia Gold Cup will be on Saturday, uh, June 27th. Now, those are, those are one-day events, and they're, uh, they're much easier to deal with in terms of the COVID-19 uh, concerns. And uh, Governor Northam has uh, all along proceeded very cautiously. Uh, that, those meets, of course, are quite different from uh, Colonial, which... Uh, has uh, uh, you know an extensive backside community uh, where we'd be racing for six weeks, eighteen days, but people would be living there for you know eight or eight or nine weeks. We have oh, fifteen barns, uh, six dormitory buildings, a a, a track kitchen, uh, two bathhouses, etc. So obviously the the COVID nineteen uh, concerns are, are are much greater there, and I think that's probably why. Uh, Colonial wasn't uh, included in the governor's uh, modified executive order the other day, uh, but we're we're very hopeful that uh, we will be permitted uh, to race, uh, and we've been we've been working. Uh, when I say we, our horsemen's organization has been working with uh, with Colonial Downs management to come up with a COVID nineteen protocol that will uh, satisfy the the governor's executive order as well as. Uh, the CDC guidelines, and will be consistent with uh, what other racetracks are doing, particularly uh, Laurel, uh, which has got a very comprehensive uh, COVID nineteen protocol. So I, I, I think we're I think we're on track to uh, to get uh, approval from the governor. It, you bring up Laurel. It, it was my next question. Uh, kind of an interesting return here is some more, you know, COVID has, has made a lot of enemies, but it's also maybe created a, or reignited a, a couple of friendships across the Potomac as Maryland and Virginia have been at least had some preliminary discussions on, on the return of uh, some sort of uh, scaled down version of the Maryland Virginia racing circuit. Well, we would we would we would hope so, uh, and th- at least this year it would be dictated by the sit- situation that Maryland horsemen and Virginia horsemen uh, are in. I mean, um, Maryland uh, depends uh, heavily on the uh, casino revenue for their purses, and we uh, depend heavily on the HHR revenue. Both of those sources are uh, have, have dried up, so the. The, the Laurel uh, meet, which happily starts again today, um, has limited resources in terms of purse money to continue uh, racing throughout the summer. Uh, and our hope is that uh, we won't have any overlap between the Virginia meet, which starts at the end of uh, July, and the, the Laurel meet, which restarted today. And I think that's Principally dictated by the available, uh, the available purse money. But yeah, we've we've always uh, had a good working relationship with the with the Maryland Horsemen. Don't forget when uh, Colonial was shut down from uh, 2014 to to last year, 
the Maryland Horsemen and Maryland Jockey Club were uh, uh, kind enough to allow us to run a large number of Virginia bred stakes races at both uh, Laurel and, and Pimlico. So we uh, and we hope to continue forward with that good working relationship. It's good to see. Frank, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. I look forward to that day when uh, we can look at horses in the Colonial Downs paddock again. Thanks a lot, Nick. I appreciate it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Great. Frank Petromala, Executive Director of the uh, Virginia HBPA. That's the status in Virginia. When we come back, we'll speak with Tim Keefe about the status of racing at Maryland. They're very optimistic today, I can tell you, with live racing returning to Central Maryland. You're listening to Off to the Races on Racing Biz Radio. Get the latest news and updates about horse racing at virginiahorseracing.com. Across Virginia, from the Tidewater to the Shenandoah Valley, from the summer thoroughbred season at Colonial Downs in New Kent to the fall harness meet at Shenandoah Downs in Woodstock, from steeplechase meets like the Virginia Gold Cup at Great Meadow or Foxfield or Middleburg or Montpelier to point-to-point race action on virginiahorseracing.com. Find them on Facebook. It's a great resource. In addition to live races, Virginia residents can wager horse racing online seven days a week via four Virginia Racing Commission approved industry partner sites. TVG.com, ExpressBet.com, TwinSpires.com, and NYRABets.com. Find out more at VirginiaHorseRacing.com. Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue is open and ready to help with a full menu of beef brisket, baby back spare ribs, juicy chicken, pulled pork sandwiches, and all the signature side dishes Buzz is famous for. Just give Buzz and Ned's a call and have your order ready to pick up with curbside service at the West End location or express window service on the boulevard. Open 1130 to 230 for lunch and 430 to 830 for dinner. Available for takeout or delivered to your door through Grubhub. Visit Buzz's Facebook page or online at buzzandneds.com and get some barbecue relief today. The Braves Radio Network is right there with you. We miss baseball. So we're bringing you Braves replays every weekend from 1 to 4 p.m. It's Braves Extra Innings. We're re-airing games from the 2019 season every weekend until baseball returns. This one is hammered. A rocket high into the heavens and gone. So if you've got that itch for the Braves, catch Braves replays every weekend starting at 1 p.m. on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Suicide loves silence. Break the silence. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Talking about thoughts of suicide may be a source of relief to the person at risk. Listen to them. Let them talk. And let them know you care and are concerned. Suicide is preventable. Learn how to discuss your concerns. Recognize it. Talk about it. Act on it. Learn more at RecognizeTalkAct.org. A message from the Virginia Department of Health. When it comes to local sports talk and the most play-by-play, we're the undisputed champion. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. And we're back on Off to the Races on a sunny Saturday morning here at least in Charlottesville. And with us now is... The answer to the trivia question. We're talking about Tim Keefe. You want the we get the answer to the trivia question. I'm turning this all upside down, but the question is who is Tim Keefe? Tim Keefe is the trainer who won the first ever race at Colonial Downs September first, nineteen ninety seven. The other answer is Mark Johnston, who was his jockey that day. And Tim joins us now, the trainer of MacGyver on Off to the Races. Tim, thanks for spending some of your Saturday morning with us. We know you have an, a very full day now, and you're glad to see it with uh, racing today, tomorrow, and I guess Monday at Laurel Park. And uh, kind of an odd Monday for uh, – Laurel usually doesn't race on Monday, but uh, it's good to see um, that – racing is coming back and tim congratulations welcome back to uh racing and give us uh give us your thoughts on today uh racing coming back to maryland 
Yeah, well, Nick, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Certainly, since uh, it's been a long time since uh, our last race day, which was March 15th, um, you know, like every industry in the country, every business, uh, obviously we all we shut down um, because of the pandemic. It's been, uh, you know, it's been difficult for everybody, um, you know, owners, trainers, uh, jockeys, you know, just everybody. So we're certainly glad to be back up and running. Um, we couldn't be more thrilled. We're running three days this week. Uh, like as you said, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday will run three days the following week. More than likely, it looks like it's going to be Friday, Saturday, and Monday as well. And then from there, it looks like we'll probably go to two days, and those two days are yet to be determined. We kind of want to see what the handle's going to generate on Monday, um, see how this Monday and the following Monday work out, and, and we'll, we'll make a plan from there. But we're certainly glad to be back racing. As you can see, the card the, from the overnights, uh, the, the races are full, um, you know, even with all the protocols and even with all the protocols that are in place, um, you know, a lot of horsemen anxious uh, anxious to get their horses out and running. The pro- you mentioned the protocols; uh, they're they're rapidly becoming standard as tracks open up and other tracks see what other tracks are doing and what works and what doesn't. And certainly, we're paying attention in Virginia to what is happening in West Virginia and Maryland and and where tracks the nearby tracks and of course nationally too but what what are some of those protocols when we watch racing on screen we're not going to be there in person uh, when we see it on TV today how might it look a little bit different right well certainly um, to to read all the protocols if you go to mdhorseman.com you can see what we're doing here in Maryland Uh, some of the general ones we're doing obviously we're racing without fans Unfortunately, right now we're also racing without uh, the owner, the ability for the owners to come out and watch the horses, um, and uh, we're limited in limiting the number of uh, people to come over per horse. You've got your trainer or his assistant, uh, along with one other individual allowed in the paddock. So you know it's bare bones um, staff. Uh, the jockey's room has been configured to spread everybody out there. The jockey club, uh, the jockey colony, has been limited. To the Maryland-based jockeys, um, and and also as well as uh, entries are limited to horses that are within the state of Maryland, no crossing the border. And and these protocols aren't—they're in place to get us up and running. They're in place so that we um, adhere to the governor's uh, uh, governor's mandate, his um, executive orders. And it's not to keep anybody out. It's not to keep you know anybody uh, to be exclusionary or and to keep anybody from. For making a living, and it's been tough for some people because you know I know some riders from out of town where we're not, or they're not racing yet. You know, expressed an interest to come in, and, and I know some of the uh, trainers and owners from out of state certainly would like to have the opportunity to run. But these protocols we have in place—they're not etched in stone, they're not written in ink. They're going to change, and they're, they're liable to change from week to week. It just depends on you know what happens with the, the virus, the, the pandemic. The, you know, it's, and and you know hospitalizations, uh, you know all that stuff we take into account and as i said you know next week we may relax some of those protocols we're going to get with the maryland jockey club on tuesday and try to figure out you know how things worked uh, these past the you know saturday sunday and monday uh, how things are going and and if um you know what we can relax as far as the protocols for the following week so you know i would expect some of them to be relaxed you know hopefully we can get some of the owners back in here even if it's in a certain part of the grandstand or a certain area at least have the owners out so they have the ability their horses. Um, hopefully, we can open it up to some of the uh, out-of-state horses to come in and start making their entries as well. But those, that all remains to be seen on, on how the next few days work and, and how the virus, uh, you know, how, how we handle everything. So, yeah, see see where it leads us. Uh, yeah. We asked Frank Petromala in an earlier segment about. Uh, how the, the regional cooperation between Maryland and Virginia is almost a necessity these days uh, in terms of the calendar and uh, you know what sort of a small scale return to the Maryland Virginia racing circuit could be on hand. Uh, uh, can you comment any about the you know the status of of you know where Maryland and Virginia sit currently? Yeah, we had some um, we had some early preliminary talks, just some basic talks between uh, you know Virginia and ourselves. 
certainly in years past we've done that. We've had a, um, you can call it a circuit, or we've, you know, we we would shut down here in Maryland while Virginia was running, et cetera. Past few years, that obviously that, um, you know, with Virginia not racing, it, you know, it hasn't been an issue. But, you know, I think it really makes sense, especially in this time and age, as I said to you the other day, um, you, know, you know, with all these tracks running, we've got a limited number of horses, and it's declining every year. It only makes sense for the, the tracks in the region to get together and try to coordinate some sort of a schedule so we're not constantly overlapping and running on top of ourselves. It, it only hurts all of us in the long run. So to answer the question about Maryland, Virginia, I don't have an answer. We've had the discussions. Um, you know, we right now our purse account in Maryland we're underpaid um, you know, by about three and a half million dollars, roughly. So we're we should be good to go for 15, 16, 17 race days, something along those lines. Um, you know, we derive a lot of our revenues, the majority of them, through the casinos, the slot revenues through the casinos, and obviously they're closed. They continue to be closed, so we're not realizing any of that income. Um, you know, so it may just be we're going to have to see how to handle how our handle, you know, what our handle generates um, moving forward in these next couple of weeks of racing. But it may be that we, you know, we're not going to have a lot of choices other than to try to uh, do some sort of a circuit with Virginia. I see that Virginia, I believe, is has uh, decided on racing Monday, uh, Tuesday, and Wednesday when they open up, which uh, to me makes a lot of sense. Uh, makes it easier for us when we consider shipping down there to Virginia. We're not trying to battle the the I-95 in the summertime, um, you know, weekend traffic, which has always been a nightmare. So, you know, a lot of positives to think about. Uh, in a circuit with Virginia, but um, right now they're just preliminary talks, and um, um, we'll just have to see how it goes. But we're certainly we're, we're open to talking to Virginia guys. Tim, I led off your segment referring back to uh, MacGyver's grand opening win at Colonial Downs. Uh, always want to ask you when you come on the show, what do you remember about that day? What do you remember about that moment? I was actually, I went through my pictures and I found myself standing on the roof for that race. I remember that now. So that's why I don't have winter circle pictures of, of that moment. But, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what you remember from that overcast day. Well, it was earlier in my, in my career. I was, uh, I'd only been training maybe four or five years, six years out on my own. I remember I shipped the horse down myself. Um, I remember it was unbearably hot. I had a nice coat and tie I was planning on wearing and changing into. Um, I think we were a bit of a price in the race. Uh, the race was a mile and a quarter. I know, remember it was a mile and a quarter because the, the gate was right, uh, the horses broke right at the finish line. So probably yep. so that all the spectators could see it. And it was kind of a big a big deal. Um, on the dirt. And I remember there was no turf. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, and I remember thinking, man, I got to go change into my coat and tie. I was like, ah, it is too hot to do that. I'm not going to wear a coat and tie for this. And then after, of course, he won, and the governor was there handing me the bottle of champagne and the carrots and getting in the wind picture. I, you know, I, if I had anything, if I could do anything, go back in time and do anything, it would be go put that coat and tie back on. Um, but anyway, no, it was a great day. Um, Mark Johnson did a great job riding him for us that day. I remember he rode for us, and uh, it was a, it was a lot, very memorable, a lot of fun. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, come on back down. We'll we'll make sure you have a tie and a coat uh, <laughs> next time you come down. Tim, thanks for spending some time with us on Off to the Races. We appreciate the update, and good luck with the racing today. Three, uh, three assignments today, uh, if you're paying attention at home, including the opener, Harp of Gold. Uh, well, maybe, maybe you'll have to pull out that coat and tie uh, for Harp of Gold as, as part of... <laughs> Maryland's reopening, but yikes in the sixth race and Dendrobia in the eighth race uh, today at Laurel Park. Good luck today. All right. Thank you very much, Nick. Take care. Tim Keefe of the Maryland Horsemen on off to the races this morning. When we come back, we'll go out to Louisville, Kentucky and talk to Darren Watt Rogers, um, the Vice President of Communications at Churchill Downs. You're listening to Off to the Races on Racing Biz Radio. Calling all teachers, students, and parents of the class of 2020 in Richmond, Henrico, Chesterfield, Petersburg, and surrounding counties. Would you like to send your fellow 2020 classmates, students, or graduate a special message on ESPN Richmond? If so, go to ESPNRichmond.com for more info. 
May is National Home Improvement Month and the perfect time to fix or upgrade things around your home. This may make your home a place you want to spend more time in. Brought to you by South Park Carpet and Flooring Outlet. Go to southparkcarpet.com to transfer your house today. With schools closed, the YMCA is stepping in to provide urgently needed child care for children and dependents of essential personnel. To find out if you qualify or to register, visit ymcarichmond.org. Calling all teachers, students, and parents of the class of 2020 in Richmond, Henrico, Chesterfield, Petersburg, and surrounding counties. Would you like to send your fellow 2020 classmates, students, or graduate a special message on ESPN Richmond? If so, go to ESPNRichmond.com for more info. Did you know that men over 30 begin to lose 1% of their testosterone each year? ED is just one of the problems associated with low testosterone. There's also weight gain, decrease in muscle mass, lack of energy or passion about life, and a loss of mental sharpness. Testosterone isn't just about sex. It's also about your overall quality of life. So if you have any of these symptoms, you may be a candidate for testosterone replacement therapy. The Men's Wellness Centers specializes in the latest treatment options for low T a highly successful weight loss and energy boosting program and ED treatments with guaranteed results. We take every precaution to protect our patients against exposure to COVID-19 and we remain open to serve you with locations in Newport News, Virginia Beach, or Richmond. Go to menswellnesscenters.com or call them at 804-413-9013. 804-413-9013. That's 804-413-9013. You have to be up in five hours, two hours, six minutes. And when you hear, you realize that you haven't slept a wink. That's why there's ZQuil Pure Z's, a drug-free blend of botanicals with an optimal dose of melatonin so you can fall asleep naturally with no next-day grogginess. It's available in both liquid and gummies, tastes great, and is non-habit-forming. Pick up ZQuil Pure Z's from the sleep experts at Vic ZQuil. ZQuil Pure Z's, naturally superior sleep. Available at retailers near you. Every home has have-to-dos and probably some want-to-dos. The Home Depot can help you do both with the things you need to make things work a little better or take care of something you've been meaning to do. Maybe do something to start summer. We have the low prices to make it all doable. Order online and get free delivery on orders over $45. Whatever you need to do or want to do, we can help you get it done. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Some delivery exclusions apply. Remember, when you work from home, the boss will never know about your hourly beer break. The coronavirus. Let's make the best of it. You're listening to 99.5 at 1027 ESPN. And we're back live on Off to the Races. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. Hope it's been an enjoyable morning and week for you. On Off to the Races now, we'll go out to Louisville, Kentucky, and speak with Darren Rogers with uh, Communications at Churchill Downs. Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Nick. How are you? I'm doing fine, and uh, we were so happy to see Churchill Downs return last week, albeit in the rain. You're going to have far better weather today for two great stakes races on your card. But first, want to just kind of take a look back at the week behind. You started racing uh, last Friday after a long layoff, and uh, everybody was excited. You saw full fields, good racing action, uh, great betting races. Wanted to maybe just get your thoughts on what must have been a bizarre week since opening last Friday, and how how is how is everything going at Churchill Downs? Everything's been going great. In fact, it was two weeks ago Friday. Uh, we're nine I'm days sorry. in. We opened up on the sixteenth. It was such a roller coaster ride over the winter time. Um, you know, at Churchill Downs, we annually close the barn area on January the first through the middle of March for winter uh, renovations. And, you know, the great majority of our horsemen, they make Louisville home for about eight or nine months a year, but they spend the winter locales in Florida, Louisiana, and Arkansas. And when the pandemic hit, you know, everybody was out of state and the barn area was closed. So there was not one single horse on the backstretch. And we worked, you know, diligently with uh, the state and local officials 
to get those horses back under strict protocols, and uh, we were able to, to do that starting on May the 11th. The horses started to file in. We started on the 16th, and the horsemen have been eager, uh, you know, entering their horses in the, in, in, in the races. Uh, the purse money's been great. The average field size uh, at Churchill Downs thus far um, is uh, um, looking at uh, 10.6 starters per race. It's just been it's been great betting. Um, and there's not a lot of product out elsewhere around the country right now, so the betters nationwide have uh, responded through a partnership that that we have with. Um, Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2. Our races are appearing on America's Day at the Races uh, in high definition. It's been great. And, you know, the average daily handle is north of $11 million a day. So it's really been off to a great start. As you said, the racing has uh, really been strong. We've seen some of the stars of our sport. Um, you know, uh, Maxfield uh, garnered 50 points on the road to the Kentucky Derby with his victory in the Matt Wynn last weekend. Got to see some other top horses like, you know, Owendale, uh, Dunbar Road. Uh, early in the meet, uh, uh, we saw uh, Monomoy Girl and then, uh, you know, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf winner sharing one last weekend as well. So some real star marquee horses that have shown up and delivered. Many during this time forget what day it is. I seem to be having a problem remembering what week it is. <laughs> this week, uh, plenty of racing, um, and and the the path to the Kentucky Derby has about eleven, ten or eleven races over a dozen over um, around a dozen races on its slate right now, and that seems to be coming being more stabilized as more tracks come on board uh del mar has a race now the shared belief is going to contribute 50 points uh toward the standings it looks like maybe the last points race would be the pegasus uh at monmouth um how about just the the road to the derby and the path moving forward uh you had mentioned um Maxfield getting moving up to sixty points with his win last week, uh, and Nadal, of course, being a, a, a big loss to the uh, Kentucky Derby field this year. Uh, yeah. We learned that news this week. You know, tell us a little bit about what fans might expect leading up to the Derby. Well, you know, it was uh, I talked about that roller coaster ride earlier. Um, you know, in the you know when we announced that the Kentucky Derby would be moved from the first Saturday in May to the first Saturday in September, um, you know, we knew immediately there would be a ripple effect. And I want you to visualize this, Nick. We are 98 days from Saturday, September 5th. So in our traditional, you know, mindset of a, of a normal road to the Kentucky Derby, essentially we're in late January. So there's there's still a lot that can happen between now and September. So it was it was very important for us to uh, offer fair representation and in, in different regions around the country. We wanted to take care of some opportunities out on the West Coast, uh, the horses that are here in the Midwest, and of course you have horses on the East Coast. Uh, you can think of the major you know summertime races. We we we, we had conversations with all of these racetracks to get an idea of, of what they might have in mind. Um, and, and you know, we have a new unique path, but it's a unique year. Tradition is out the window. Um, this yeah. is a once-in-a-lifetime type of pandemic that we're all having to adjust our schedules to. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Santa Anita Derby looks like it's going to be next up on the, on the lineup on June the 6th. Of course, the, the, the Belmont Stakes will start the Triple Crown. And, you know, the New York Racing Association, I, I, my hats go off to them because they, they, they were in a real predicament. Um, you know, I think a lot of us that are racetrack operators, we're trying to find, especially with the big events, we, we, we are trying to find ways to respect the tradition of these races. And also, you know, th these are events that are very important to the fans. I can tell you the Kentucky Derby is so much more than a two-minute horse race. 
I mean, it's the most important race in the world, especially from a, a breeding and sales standpoint. But to those of us in Louisville and here in Kentucky, it is a it is an absolute celebration. So many of us want to, you know, conduct these races with spectators. And by the way, Churchill Downs right now, just to let you know, we are preparing uh, to do uh, a Kentucky Derby on September 5th with spectators. Now, we're still three months away. A, a lot can change between now and then. We expect that it will. We've seen that since the middle of March. Uh, uh, things change on a minute. Um, but we're going to continue discussions with state and local officials and, and figure out a way we can responsibly stage a safe Kentucky Derby with spectators. Um, and then, of course, look, I'm not, we're not naive. We're, we're having other contingency plans along the way as well. But New York Racing Association realized that they had to run the Belmont Stakes. It was likely going to be without spectators. That's not ideal. Uh, they have an important three-year-old stakes race in summertime at Saratoga in the Traverse Stakes. You don't want to have a three-year-old start uh, at this time of the year going a mile and a half without many prep races. I mean, we ran the Matt Wynn last weekend. We put 50 points on it because there aren't many other national three-year-old stakes races right now. Uh, there's been a lack of content. So, yeah. you know, they backed it up to a mile eight. Um, and 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 they're going to have you know a, a unique Belmont Stakes this year. Um, so um, there's, I think it's going to be you know a little exciting for us um, as we get this extended road. You're probably going to have content most you know most weeks, every other week, um, starting the month of June, and you know hopefully you know our mission with the with the Kentucky Derby and Churchill Downs is has not changed it's to identify the best 3 year olds uh in, in the nation to go a mile and a quarter and 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 hopefully we can get that on September the 5th with this new road sounds great and we're certainly looking forward to it and we'll be watching and and uh I'll leave you one thought Darren I know you want to get the the derby in front of you put behind you but then you might just be looking at nine months to prepare for 2021 (laughs) versus the full year i know you take that full year very seriously but uh it's going to be a quick quick comeback we do that that was very cruel of you nick don't don't don't, i don't want to start thinking about 2021 just yet (laughs) <laughs> no, I know. I know you want to. We all want to get this year behind us. I guarantee you that. Well, you, know, you, know, well, you know what the funny thing is? Is with the September fifth Derby, we might actually, you know, with the Iroquois and the Pocahontas, it's very likely we could get the road to the Kentucky Derby for twenty twenty one underway on Derby Day. It's How just about that, that? That's bizarre. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, you already who won this year's derby uh say it's maxfield and the, and the, and then you're looking at the derby chart the point standings for 2021 the next in the sunday paper that following uh morning yep. how about that yep. well darren thanks for spending some time with us on off to the races this morning we appreciate it we need to bring you back when we have more time we need a two-hour show absolutely absolutely <laughs> my pleasure Great. Darren Rogers from Churchill Downs this morning. We're going to break one last time on Off to the Races. When we come back, the heavyweight of handicapping, Derby Bill Watson, will uh, dive into some of these races across the country. You're listening to Off to the Races. Diamonds Direct celebrates the reopening of our local economy with our most amazing offer ever. Five years, zero interest financing with no money down on anything and everything. Yes! Now, for a limited time, Diamonds Direct is doing our part to help you get back to normal and celebrate your love like never before. Our prices and values are the best ever. Our showcases are fully stocked, and we're letting you buy now with nothing down, and you can spread your payments over five years with zero interest. Been putting off that engagement? Get her a $6,000 designer ring now and pay just $100 a month. Did you miss celebrating that anniversary? How about a $3,000 Diamond Eternity Band for just $50 a month? Summer is the season for love, and we're doing all we can to make this summer one to remember with exceptional values, extra selection, and the most exceptional finance opportunity. Five years, zero interest on approved credit. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Sure Pump, West Broad Village. 
Get the latest news and updates about horse racing at virginiahorseracing.com. Across Virginia, from the Tidewater to the Shenandoah Valley, from the summer thoroughbred season at Colonial Downs in New Kent to the fall harness meet at Shenandoah Downs in Woodstock, from steeplechase meets like the Virginia Gold Cup at Great Meadow or Foxfield or Middleburg or Montpelier to point-to-point race action on virginiahorseracing.com. Find them on Facebook. It's a great resource. In addition to live races, Virginia residents can wager horse racing online seven days a week via four Virginia Racing Commission approved industry partner sites. TVG.com, ExpressBet.com, TwinSpires.com, and NYRABets.com. Find out more at VirginiaHorseRacing.com. Hey, this is Tugach. Join me weekdays, 10 to 1, on the Dan Levitard Show, now on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. And we're back live on Off to the Races. We love doing the live show on Saturday mornings. It's uh, All the mistakes are just there for everybody to see. And... Uh, Sometimes the mistakes are the fun part of the show, and we don't want to. We hate mistakes, though. In this segment, we do not like to make mistakes on the handicapping segment. And joining us is a handicapper with deep Maryland ties, Derby Bill Watson. Good morning. First off, want to say welcome back, Laurel. I know you're excited about racing returning to the free state, and. Um, Thanks for spending your handicapping thoughts with us on Saturday morning. Derby Bill Watson. Yes, 21 years of FCC violations and uh, (laughs) seven-second delays for engineers, but the radio rocks, and we're all ready for Maryland to return today and then Colonial next month. Looking at the Laurel card, they got full fields. They were ready to go. The announcement, they got the green light, and the entries for three days of racing were up 45 minutes after the announcement was made. They were certainly ready to go at Laurel Park. What are just? There's no stakes races. Uh, there are no stakes races on Laurel's card today. But what are your thoughts on? You know, do you have a pick of the day, or or what grabbed your eye at Laurel today? Well, besides having, like Tim O'Keefe, having to borrow a coat from the Salvation (laughs) Army for that race back at Colonial Downs when MacGyver won, I feel for Tim. uh, And the big and tall department at Salvation Army was hard on me. But today's Laurel is a celebration of back on the track. No fans there, obviously, but a nice 10 race card and a bunch of horses that haven't run in a while and a bunch of trainers that haven't been at the track in a while. And um, you could see tote board galore uh, lighting up here as a long shot. So I've looked over the card uh, deeply, as I normally do. Came up with race nine, uh, uh, the cheapest race of the day, Nick, you know, in honor of the 10-cent Super Factor players okay. in the world and the people that looking looking for uh, looking for some coins on the opening day. $5,000 claiming race here, race nine fond memories of 21 years ago horse called five card draw he's dropping to the lowest level of his career at five to one or nine to two five to one something around there uh and most of you uh, most of you poker players might want to take a stab and you can remember it number two five card draw in the ninth today sure coming out of that race at penn national the one the one thing i forgot to mention ask tim keith is after two months of not being able to see racing at Laurel, is how's the track running? You know, how's it been running in the mornings? It's a question I should have asked him. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts. Let's switch to Churchill Downs. We just listened to Darren Rogers on off to the races um, in the previous segment, and there is a full field of fourteen. And we know our producer is going to love number fourteen, a horse by the name of Mitchell Road, sired by English Channel and trained by Bill Mott, ten to one in the morning line. Joe Talamo aboard, but there are plenty of other choices. Uh, you have Bo Recall, an Irish bred. You have Juliet Foxtrot, five to two, a British bred coming into. The, you even have French. Yeah, you, all sorts of horses coming from all over the place in this field. The Mint Julep. 
A grade three, a mile and an eighth for fillies and mares, four-year-olds and upwards. The older ladies uh, taking the stage here in the finale at Churchill today. What are your thoughts on the on What are your thoughts on mint julep? Yes, the very veteran engineer there in the jockey seat, Mitchell Bradley, will like Mitchell Road at ten to one. He'll like that even more. He's ten to one on the turf. Number fourteen coming, bred by English Channel, the Virginia Derby champion, a five-year-old here. Uh, might be named after Mitchell. You have to ask him. Mitchell's Road <laughs> ten to one. The fourteen horse like the outside coming from the outside at Churchill. <laughs> Stay away from the trouble in this race. This race. Uh, Bunch of horses that haven't raced in a while. Uh, Julep, five to two, and the, should be the favorite here. Uh, class, classy Brad Cox, who was probably the hottest thing in Churchill Downs uh, since we were out there at uh, downtown establishments in Louisville. Uh, Fox Trot, uh, number two, Bue. Beulah Rabel, oh, another Bob Brad Cox horse. So you got dynamic duo there for a Brad Cox, the one and the two. Uh, supporting Mitchell Road, the long shot, uh, 10 to 1. So nice little uh, exact box or trifecta box. And there is a pick five there at Churchill Downs if you've uh, got your stimulus check. Pick five. Yeah, Derby Bell likes the horses at the ends of the starting gate in the in the finale. You were talking about the pick five. It starts in the seventh race with the winning colors, which has features Mia Mischief coming back um, from a race at Oaklawn. Uh, she is on, uh, geez, I got to sit here and count them up. Three race winning streak uh, coming into the winning colors of the, this is a grade three, a hundred thousand dollar filly and mare of elders, uh, elders actually uh, on the dirt. And Mia Mischief is eight to five. Do we bet with or against her? Uh, razor sharp horse, tough to bet against her at eight to five. Tough to bet on her. Uh, Santana Junior up, and Mister Ashmanson probably uh, another one that's one of the hottest uh, trainers in the country. There with Brad Cox, a nice outer post here from the. Uh, I do like staying out of trouble downstairs with the uh, um, er, with the uh, nine to five. The other choice in this race is called a horse that uh, all horse players will love, called Break Even. You always try to break even if you're having a bad day. Six six for eight uh, on the dirt. Uh, this one's uh, off a big win and down at Oaklawn in April. So a uh, live horse and also ridden by Joel Rosario, who you showed. Uh, yesterday's great race where Joel brought a extravagant kid uh, home for David Ross in the uh, big Churchill uh, race for a $30,000 paycheck locally. Uh, the winning colors is a Philly race. Uh, Spice Perfection's the other one in here. Uh, multiple grade one winner might bounce in here. So it's tough to beat the top three horses in this one. Nick, there's a you know, but I will always try to beat the top three. Prince Causeway, twelve to one. Number three, Bell's the one. Number four, fifteen to one. Much more lucrative for me to look at underneath the favorites or on top of them. We get some long shots to close at Churchill. They're all closers, the three, four, and the five, Nick. And it's a you know pretty solid three. winning colors race for uh, and a tribute to the uh, great Kentucky Derby filly. Yeah, certainly uh, some value there if you can get past the winners there. That'd be that'd be nice to see on the uh, results sheet. Want to go out to Santa Anita where uh, they'll be running the Honeymoon Stakes, a grade three, a mile and an eighth. Uh, this is for Phillies three-year-olds um, and a field of nine headed to the starting gate there. Uh, looks like Stella Star is the morning line favorite all the way on the outside for trainer John Sadler, Flavian Pratt, who has had an extremely good year. Uh, wanted to maybe get your thoughts here. Laura's Light could be a threat in this field. Uh, while Stella Star is the star coming out of the gate here, she's not the only star. She's got some company here. Parkour is a horse that could provide some trouble. Need today. Four turf races built? out there out of the nine races tonight. If you have money left after a uh, grueling day at Laurel or uh, or Churchill Downs, the Honeymoon Stakes, three-year-old Phillies going a mile and an eighth. Laura's Light, uh, as you mentioned, two-time uh, Santa Anita Turf Stakes winner there. 
Uh, grade three wins both. That's Santa Anita returning there for homecoming. Lars Lytle like on top. Only five to two though, but better than the favorite Stella Star. Like you said, grade three winner here. Um, uh, Flavian Pratt, the hottest jockey out on the West Coast here. I won a, won a grade three in Ireland, so I don't know about America for Stella Star. So those two are the top picks in that race, Nick. It's hard to get around them too. Lars Light, the five horse and the nine Stella Star. There you have it, racing at Santa Anita, racing from Churchill, and, of course, welcome back, racing at Laurel. want to thank everybody on today's show. Mitchell, great job today. We'll see you next week for the Santa Anita Derby on Off to the Races. Your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. WXGI Richmond. WTPS Petersburg. Hey, it's Bob Black.